Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today we welcome back publisher and writer John Goodwin. He's going to talk about the Writers and Illustrators of the Future Award and a bunch of other interesting stuff. Here's John. Hi, John. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, Sherry. It's great being with you once again. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm actually a bit tired still. We just finished... On over the weekend, our week-long writers and illustrators of the future workshop and awards gala, and it was uh, it was a, it was a, quite a challenge because this is the first time since the pandemic that we've been able to get together again. We had to postpone last year, and so this year was a combined event for volume 36 and 37. So with all the protocols having to be taken care of as well, it was it was very exciting, but it was very exhausting. Yeah, I mean, it's been strange, uh, but it was. And how did you guys uh, figure out how to do both of them? I mean, did they just, everybody just go together, or was it, like, separated by the year, or how did that work? Sure. Well, what we did was, and it's still not fully done yet, because we were only able to have the, the people in the United States attend, which was which is normally the majority, but uh, everybody that's from outside of the country, from Canada, UK, Portugal, um, Iran, Japan, South Africa, Australia, they'll be able to come next year once all the borders open up. But what we did was we combined both years since the 36 winners said they wanted to wait until the, until this year to come out to find out who the big winners were. So we flew out everybody. We were hoping that the country that the borders would be open, but they weren't. So, um, what we had this year was all the winners from volumes 36 and 37 uh, attend. And on the stage, what we did when we brought up the winners, we had the winners from from volume 36 on the right side of the stage come up there, and on the left side of the stage was the was the winners from volume 37. So as they present, as they were called up to receive their awards. Then the awards, the trophies that had volume 36 were on the right side and 37 were on the left side. But otherwise, everybody was there in the same classes throughout the week-long workshop, and um, it just made more people made more friends, which was which was awesome. Well, yeah, that's always the fun part about going to an event or a convention is meeting people. Yes, exactly. And the judges loved it too. So the judges loved introducing. More more people into the ranks of the professional, and that was as it was originally set up. You know, back in 1983, when the contest was created by Owen Hubbard, it was the purpose of it was to provide that launching pad for the aspiring writer. And at the beginning, we hired professional illustrators to illustrate some of the stories, and then the idea um, 
surface that, well, we need to have the illustrator contest as well. So then we created the Illustrators of the Future contest. So um, it's now, it was started after five years. So um, it's just been great seeing that seeing that intention from the contest from the get-go when, when Ms. Tubber first created it, still growing. And it's at that time, we had, we had entries from the United States. Maybe there's some from Canada. But now we have entries from over 175 countries and winners from over 50 countries now. So it's, it's, it's amazing to see how it's grown and, and blossomed. Cool. And um, any uh, so can you tell us who won? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, we had the uh, the winners from volume 36, where we had um, the uh, Chris Winspear was the winner, the writer winner for volume uh, 36, and um, just an amazing story. And then the illustrator winner for volume 36 was In Lee. Now In Lee is is from Vietnam, but he was studying in the United States at university. So he was able to attend. Chris Winspear is in Australia. So we we had a, a, a taped message from him that what we played when it was announced that he won. What we did was all the people that were uh, possibly going to be the grand prize winners taped a uh, an acceptance speech that they sent in. And from that, we were able to... Um, play you know whoever was the one that won and for volume 37 our illustrator was uh from the united kingdom so he wasn't able to attend and so he was um going to be you know we had to did we did a video with him as well and um that was dan watson so he gave a video testimony or a video um, acceptance speech and then the writer winner is uh, from from uh, Utah, Barbara Lund, uh, real sweet lady. With her with her uh, story, uh, the Sixers was it's a story about the sixth sense that has been evolved, and um, that was just you know that was the culmination, and it was it was amazing. But what was really cool was that you know all the um, all the the winners are so accepting of everybody else. Um, accepting each other you know they're just what they like is that there's you know just their friends because everybody becomes friends over that week-long workshop so when whoever wins of course you know people would love to be the winner but whoever wins everybody congratulates them nobody's got like oh it should have been me it was like it was just like wow you rocked that was amazing and by statistics just by having a win in the writers or illustrators of future contest is sufficient nod to lead to very successful careers. So that's something that, you know, that's, again, we're nearly four de- decades old, old now on this on this competition. And so after that many years and that many winners and that many successful careers following that, um, it's, it's, it's really easy for people to look and see. I've got news for you, John. What's that? Uh, Luke Wildman. His uh, interview mm-hmm. with me made tops in entertainment this week. Oh, that's such good news because Luke's a, he's an amazing guy, which obviously you know because you interviewed him. But he wrote this story called How to Steal the Plot Armor, which is a great story. And it's um, 
he did a daily blog on the um, on the um, workshop. Every day he did one, which I'd shared on social media. But he had a, a, a great story. He was the illustrator of his um, story that won the uh, the grand prize illustrator of the contest. It's um, that was a Dan Watson illustration. But that's that's awesome because you know Luke is just he's such a nice guy and uh, he so wants to be a writer. You know, and so this is, he's been working on this for a while and he was, um, you know, just so like eating everything up because there was so much amazing data with, from all the judges that were there and just the experience at, at the, uh, at the Hollywood Gala because it really was, um, an Oscar style event. So that's, I'm so happy to hear that news. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. I'm happy for him because he's a really nice guy. We had a lovely chat. Yeah. I'm He's easy to have a good, lovely chat with because, like you said, he's such a nice guy. Yeah, he is. Um, and so I just went, oh, wow, let me give John the good news. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, yes. Yeah. Um, it's uh, It's been strange because um, I don't always get a person in the top. Um, but lately I've been getting him at least once a month. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is great. So that's uh, well done to you. Thank you. Um, I'm very happy for those people because it's obviously the guests that's everything. So I'm really excited about it. Well, I I would beg the difference on that everything because I've I've seen some and experienced some really uh, poor show hosts that don't let somebody express themselves or cut them off or have their own agenda to such a degree that the person can't really say something and so a, a good interview gets squandered from you know being ill prepared and you've got this drill down you're, you're you're great to to do and you've got a lot of experience on it and people feel at ease talking with you which which is important because um, I've done uh, well morning drive radio is some of the worst radio to do I actually did an interview for one of my um, books with this person uh, from a, a, she was a blog talk person from, but it was like her questions were bizarre and uh, it had nothing to do with me or my book or anything. I didn't even know how to answer them. It's like she didn't research it at all. So one of the things yeah. I promised myself was I'm focusing on the guests talk about their life and stuff like that. That's one of the things when I started this, yeah. that was one of the reasons I started chatting with Sherry was because of weird interviews I had before. <laughs> no, that's for sure. And so while it is important to have good guests, it's also important to have a host that can bring out, you know, the qualities of the guests that make them a good guest. Because if you don't do that, if you do your, don't do your homework, um, you you can – you can take a, what could have been a great interview and just make it a eh. So. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yes. my hero as an interviewer is um, uh, David Frost and um, and um, Dick Cavett, people like that. Yeah. Because they, yeah. Uh, they, that's why their show is long, and sometimes they have two-part shows, just because he just lets them go. 
they both let them go. You know, they just they want yeah. to hear what they wanted to say and not interrupt them. And that's where I base my style on. Which is great. Yeah, it's um, it's important. I think it's important to to do your homework. I've I've got the podcast I do right now, and it's it's grown uh, considerably. It's it's now syndicated, but and I've been I've had up to like I think I'm about 150 yep episodes right now. I do one a week, but um, one thing that makes it, that's helped it to grow, and it's on writers and illustrators of the future, is um, being able to do this. It's an hour-long show, and it's now, I'm up to about 2 million listens per episode, and it's, and it's it started off really small, but then as people get it, and like for yourself, you've just been around, and you just, you're a known commodity, you're known that if somebody listens to your show, they're going to get something good. You know, so you've got that reputation, and uh, I think that's that's important. But something that you created, you, you know, you've made it. You you take, you own your show. You take special care that it's going to be good. You know, and you you choose who your guests are. You choose what you're going to talk about, and you you make sure that you stay on track with what your what what your um, whole purpose is. So I think that's really good. Thank you. I did try. <laughs> Yeah, you indeed do. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I like to I'm I'm very strange. I like to watch interview shows, old interview shows. I like to watch like um, like Merv Griffin and Dick Cavett and Dinah Shore and Johnny Carson because everybody interviews differently and it's it it's, it's, yeah. it's very good to do that if you're an interviewer because it teaches you what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Yeah. I mean, what I try to do when I do on my podcast, where I interview authors, I will always, I will always read one of their books before I, so I have a, so I'm, I'm pretty set on who these people are and, and what they're about. So it takes sometimes a little more time for me to prepare for it, but when I do it, it pays off because, you know, then it's, I'm able to speak with a lot much more reality about what they are and, um, they feel much more comfortable talking with me because I'm talking about what they what they know about since it's their books, and then we can then we talk about writers of the future and tips for aspiring writers and usually they have read something from Melvin Hubbard so we are able to talk about that too. It's just you know a little bit of homework really goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, and I actually get very enthused if it's a I I I've read some books that I just loved. Um, and I get, I think I'm more enthused sometimes than the author. I really love this. I, I couldn't stop reading it. I, it's like a page turner. Uh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's good. It makes them feel at ease talking to you, though. Yeah. And that's what's important. And it, it's fun. Um, but, and yeah. also, it's, I love good books. So that's, you know, to add another book to myself that's great is always a good thing. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so I've got. Um, you know, I mean, that's one of the last things we do in our workshop. We have the, after the awards event, we do uh, about a five or six hour long um, seminar on PR, how to do interviews, how to uh, comport yourself, how to do um, uh, like an elevator pitch on your story or your art that you do, um, how do you do a, a bookstore signing, how do you do all these different things. And so it's, it's, it's important in part that's, I do that so that when you book them on your show that they can be a good guest. You know, it's, we really want people to be able to, um, to 
to be a good interview so they get invited back and then then other people know that okay this guy's a good a good interview so we'll get them on you know a um another time or the fact that they're on this show helps to book them on other shows so that's a big thing we do as part of writers of the future as well as train authors and artists how to talk to media because that's it's not something that will you'll automatically know how to do and the uh, we drill out of them the one word answers you know like so you have a book that's coming out yes oh god so it's science fiction uh-huh you know that's, <laughs> well great that's Congratulations. so hard oh my god that is like that is the hardest thing for a host is when you get one word answers it's like um, okay, let's try to find some kind of chisel to get something out of this person. <laughs> yeah, so we drill that so that they don't do that, and um, it makes you know it makes a difference when they when they can actually be a good guest, you know, because then the host feels comfortable with them, and then especially on on news, you know, where a segment can go one to two minutes, but if they're like one word answers, it can be thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. But yeah. I one group. Yeah, I had one girl that two weeks ago, before she came out here, she was. Uh, they did a TV interview on her in, at, on on network TV, and so we drilled. I we we spoke over the phone. And we drilled for about an hour what to do, and what's normally would be like a two minute interview turned out to be over five minutes long, which was like awesome. Excellent. She did great. Excellent. But she'd had, yeah, she just she knew how to answer questions and she knew not to do the one word answers, and that uh, that. When a host asks you a question, it doesn't mean they want to answer just that exact question. It's something for you to open up and start talking, and that's what they're trying to do. So, oh, okay. So she did great. She was, you know, still in college, but um, the college loved the interview because we said, okay, be sure to, you know, thank the, thank the college that you're going to, you know, acknowledge them. And so she did that, and, of course, they're going to take that, and they're going to run with it as well on their social media lines. So it's just we go over the – the actual technology of how to do a good interview. That's it's cool. important. It's very important. Actually, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Did you, do you teach them about the follow-up question? Because that's something that's incredibly important to me. Um, if you have somebody who says something, it always drives me crazy when I listen to an interview and they have the perfect opportunity and they don't take it. Um, like somebody uh, is talking about their book and the research and they t- and they're talking about a little bit about the research, but they don't go into it. I have to know what. Let me tell tell me more about the research because that sounds interesting. And it also opens up the author, and they they have a lot more of a good time. Yeah, we definitely go over that stuff, and that we drill. I mean, I pretty much know after all these years that the the standard questions that could be asked, and. Um, so we drill way more than what they're ever going to be asked on the interview, but that way they're not uh, taken by surprise if they're asked anything. We just cover, I cover all types of, um, of a gambit of, of what could be asked on an interview for an artist and for an author. And um, so because they've, they've drilled everything, nothing takes them by surprise and they feel comfortable talking about stuff. And we, and we do cover the, you know, the, 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 uh, probably 20 different questions that they could be asked. Of course, it never gets past two or three questions in a two-minute interview, but still, they're ready for whatever, including the, the follow-up questions, you know, that will lead to, 
you know, because obviously they're going to be wanting to know, like, okay, so what's your future going to be? And, oh, wow, that sounds fascinating. And then it, it leads you off into another question. So, you know, we just do all those points there, and it really it pays off. I'm also curious, you were mentioning about books. I, I, I mean, I had no training when I did it. I just, I just went and did my best. My first uh, my second book signing was Barnes Noble, which was a big deal, and I was yeah. terrified. I mean, I had no. I mean, I had done one book signing before at a convention, so I I had a little bit of experience, but I was very comfortable because it was a Xena convention, so I wasn't that I wasn't as scared. But when I went to Barnes and Noble, that's like. You know, it's like Broadway. That's for an author. It's a huge. What do you train them? How? What do you say? Well, we go over the stuff. How you how you go in? You introduce yourself to the um, store manager or the clerk on duty that's going to be in charge of your events to make sure they know who you are. We also tell them to go in earlier, maybe a week before earlier, to introduce themselves and make sure if they need, want any promos, to leave it there, um, just to help. And then, but mostly just get familiar. Okay, where's it going to be? Okay, great. And um, then when they're there, we go over there's different ways they can actually do an event. Um, if it's an illustrator, they're going to show their, they'll have their art on easel so that people can see it. And if it's an author, um, once enough people are there, they'll have the chair set up and they'll, they'll read a section of their story. Um, but they'll ask, the people ask questions like, so what's right of the future? It's kind of like good if they, build around that because they, the book is called Ellen Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future and so they need to be able to talk about that what it is, what is the contest but also the kind of stories it is and then it leads to them talking about their story and um, how, to, how to autograph and you don't use your one thing that came up this year which I actually didn't know was you use um, a different signature, you don't use your regular signature that you use for signing checks No. and in contracts, you have to use um, an autograph signature. A pretty you know, signature. So I call it the pretty signature. <laughs> the pretty signature, yes. So they got to do that so that they don't get um, – somebody else won't then go ahead and take that and bilk them for everything they're worth by forging their checks. Um, but So we go over that stuff with them so they know how to do an event. There's fewer and fewer bookstore signings, so part of it we go over, too, is doing the Zoom events because there's still a lot of those happening. And what's good about those, you can do them from anywhere. So we did events with uh, winners in Australia and winners in in, um, in UK, even though the bookstore was in the United States. But it's, it's, it works out good. Yeah, I, I, I've been I've done a couple of those. They're, they're kind of strange, but you get used to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the thing that's nice about it is that you, you can have you can be from anywhere to attend them. Oh yeah, it's um it's like uh because of COVID, different conventions opened up that you could that I yeah. like uh, that you never get to like um uh, there was an Agatha Christie convention that's always in England. I I I've never been able to go. And because of COVID, I got to see it. I got to see all these people being interviewed. It's really interesting when a uh, thing you, you, you love uh, and you, you have never been able to go to opens up like that. But, but it, come on, John, it's not the same as going to a real convention. 
because oh for sure I mean absolutely like meeting people and getting making friends yeah well people can see like at the at the awards event we just had we had um, there were 300 people in there in the uh, Taglian uh, Cultural Center it's a it's a beautiful ballroom and you can see it on actually on on our YouTube channel Writers of the Future YouTube channel, you can see then the awards gala for 2020 and 2021, which is what this just happened. And it's amazing to be able to see people again. And what's a plus on that right now is people are so anxious to see people again, having been um, cooped up for two years or a year and a half, that makes it even more special. Um, Emily and I both just recently uh, went, first of all, to Dragon Con in Atlanta. That was about a month and a half ago. There was 40,000 people there. And then we went a few weeks later to Salt Lake City for FanEx, where there was 80,000 people there. And then a few weeks later, we had our awards event here. But it was so much fun seeing people again. I mean, there's a lot of protocols we take. You know, everybody's wearing masks. And um, we have a lot, a lot of that we take of the, you know, various sup- vitamins and supplements to be able to help keep our immune system up. But um, otherwise, you know, we just, and, you know, it's just, I think in Dragon Con, 90% of the people were, were vaccinated. And I'm not sure what the percentage was in Utah, but you feel basically, you know, if you keep the protocols in, you know, I felt very safe and so did Emily. And um, it's just that, you know, we have alcohol wipes that anytime we got into a, an Uber to go from the airport to the convention hall, then we'd wipe down the seats and we went to the hotel room, we wiped down everything. So it's a little more protocols we take care of just to be safe, but the the upside is that we're able to see people for the first time in a year and a half. It was so much fun. Cool. Cool. Um, yes. What, um, so what happened, uh, so you had the, uh, the workshop and you had, uh, uh-huh. what else happened? What the event. Else, um, well, we, then we had the event and then what we're doing right now is we're setting up. So that was, the that gala was, it was the official, um, announcement of Ellen Hubbard Presents Rise of the Future Volume 37 and the winners from Volume 36 were also there to participate as well. But now, one thing that I'm very excited about and I'm so excited because we're doing this interview um, that um, on the 2nd of November is the official release date of in, in bookstores of Ellen Hubbard Presents Rise of the Future Volume 37. So as, as people listen to this, they need to be reaching right over and either going to Amazon and ordering it or uh, ordering from Barnes & Noble or Books A Million or Indigo or wherever you are that you're listening because we'll have books in the stores um, through the, all the chains and independents in the United States. We'll have several stores up there, that, like I said, the Indigo stores up in Canada plus independents. Um, the books are shipping now, so they'll be in South Africa soon, in Australia soon, in UK soon, but they're available on the... Um, on Amazon, everywhere and around the world right now. Cool. So um, this is very exciting that uh, I'm able to talk to you about it as the books are officially released and people can get their copy. Um, and just people need to realize that these are the these are the new voices that you're going to be reading in uh, not too distant future, um, and as mainstream writers. And these are all the winners are, are all people that were selected by the top names of science fiction and fantasy. So this isn't who John Goodwin thinks is the best new writer. This is who Orson Scott Card, Tim Powers, David Farland, um, Eric Flint, Nancy Kress, 
Nadia Corfor, you know, all of our judges, this is who they say are the best new voices in science fiction and fantasy. And that's why people need to really check it out and get their copy and read it, because these are going to be the, the voices, the names, the authors you're going to be reading in years to come. And these are the illustrators, too, who were chosen by, not by the, the, the staff, but by the judges, the amazing judges, Echo Chernick. Um, there's uh, Rob Pryor, Dan Dos Santos, Sean Tan, Larry Elmore, Craig Elliott. These are all major names in, uh, in either movie illustration, um, graphic novels, um, book covers, um, all types of, of fantastical art. That's who these, these are the, the, the top names in that, and they're the ones that are choosing who the artists are that are winning. So it's, if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's short fiction. You can get 12 winners in each volume, volume 37 to volume 36. And it's, um, it's an opportunity to discover an amazingly new science fiction fantasy. And it's, it's always ahead of the curve of whatever is going to be coming out. You know, what, when you start reading uh, steampunk, it was in Rise of the Future half a dozen years before that. Um, uploading Conscious into the computer was a half a year, half a dozen years before it became mainstream that you got that as well. So it's always ahead of the curve since these, they win on their own originality. And so they don't, they haven't brought their voice in yet. So it's, it's, it's happening right now. So as you're listening to this, you're able to get these, these, uh, volume 37 or volume 36 in the stores right now. Uh, John, uh, we're coming to the end. Could you give the website too for Writers of the Future? Sure, it's writersofthefuture.com, and if you go there, uh, you can find out how to, you know, other places, to, if you want to order the copies of the book, Writers of the Future, Volume 36 or Volume 37. It also has how to enter the writer contest, how to enter the illustrator contest. It has our free online writing course that was that we created, and that's got well over 5,000 people taking it. We've got the, uh, I mentioned a little bit about our podcast, the podcast is on there. Um, we have a forum. It's, an, it's a nationally award-winning forum that people can join uh, if they're aspiring writers and artists. And we have the blog. So it's a one-stop shop for all things for aspiring writers and artists. And that's writersofthefuture.com. And uh, what social media do you have? Well, we have um, the main three that I've got is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And there it's all the at symbol W-O-T-F contest so at woof contest and that's for all three of those and then we have writers and illustrators of the future uh youtube page okay and the uh, youtube is um it's, it's one youtube page right it's just um yeah once you get writers is, is writers of the future and you can just search that on youtube and you'll get it and you'll be able to see the awards event that just happened a few days ago cool um I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to come on my show. Now, thank you so much for sharing, for having me on it. Um, and um, is there anything else that you want to let people know before we say goodbye? Um, just that if you're an aspiring writer, aspiring artist, you know, you have nothing to lose and everything to, to gain by entering the contest. It's free to enter. You maintain all the rights to your story or your art. Um, you're judged by the the best names in the industry. It's blind judging, so they have no idea who you are, where you're from, your age, your sex, your sex, your nationality, anything. We had one winner this year that was 67 years old, another one that was 16. So it doesn't matter how old you are. It's just 
the quality of your content. So it levels the playing field. And so if you or a loved one um, who's afraid to submit, you can go ahead and submit for them too. We've had that happen. And um, submit to the contest. You know, it's we're, we're all for you as, as an aspiring artist, aspiring writer. And it's the purpose as created by L. Ron Hubbard originally was to provide for the future of science fiction and fantasy and for the arts. So I think that's, that's really important that people need to understand that. Okay. Um, thank you, John. It's always a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, Sherry. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. Thank you.